Bring it in and welcome back to the read option as we are just a mere four hours and 42 minutes away. Who's counting? The NFL comes back tonight. We're recording this Thursday afternoon. It's a little after 4.30 and I cannot wait. The The Super Bowl is in sight, but we got a whole journey to get to before we get there. We're picking every game today. We're giving you offensive, defensive player of the year picks, conference championship picks, Super Bowl picks, some other sneaky things in there. We're going to touch on a little bit of college football in the end. We're going to give picks for every single game because, boys, the NFL is back and the whole crew is back, and I cannot wait to get started. So how is everybody? Intro short today because we have a lot to get to. And fuck, am I so excited for football and NFL Sunday happy, to be back. Happy New Year. Are you ready for seven hours of commercial-free football on oh, Sunday? Are you I ready? am. Oh, my God. Just <laughs> hearing the those box. It's, Dude, it's amazing. It's going to be so fun. I, I, I actually, I can't, even, I can't even watch this weekend. I'm going to the uh, Browns and the Panthers game. Yeah, actually, you know what? Out, I, said short, I said short intro, but I do feel like we need to – we need the, – the people need to know just how – you're going to be going to the Carolina Cleveland game this weekend. So yeah, it's so, you know, we're heading down and we're taking a, a nice uh, private jet for, uh, from a vendor. They want to take us down there and show us this. Uh, I love how casual. So no, no pause, pause. You just casually yeah. said we're taking a private jet. Like you were taking an Uber. You're <laughs> yeah. getting flown on a private jet from Cleveland Uber to jet? Carolina. Yeah, it's dope. I'm excited. You're I'm trying excited. to be I'm humble just... right now. You're trying not to seem like a douche, and I appreciate that. But, dude, you don't get to drive, fly on private jets. No one gets no. to fly on private you jets. You need often. to drink. What's that flight? Like two and a half? Less uh, than? Probably. Two, about, yeah. No, it's like drink a bottle of champagne half. for the pot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And take lots I'll of pictures. For you guys. Oh, well, dude. No, I'm really excited. And, like, it's just going to be crazy to go. Um, you know, watch that game. I think I'm going to be in the Eagles play Monday night after that. I'm like lining up tickets already. So I don't know. Like, I feel like the season's been coming, but this is making it real. And like, I feel like everyone's also in this moment of like, what are you going to be doing this Sunday to watch games? Mine just happens. Yeah. I'm stoked on it. The, it's funny though, because like, even though how great it's going to be, there's still a part of me that's like, fuck man, I'm really going to miss red zone. You know what I mean? Like the first red zone you get to watch of each year is so Dude, special. I had a red zoner. Like it's, really I had the same do this. I had the same problem. So first of all, like, uh, it's my mother-in-law's birthday this weekend. So shout out to her. Happy birthday. Shout um, out. Hope, hope Russell Wilson and, and her Broncos now her Broncos win. Uh, she's a big Russell Wilson fan. So, uh, we'll be celebrating with her, but I, I was telling my wife earlier, I said, if I'm not, I got to do work early in the morning on Sunday. If my butt is not on the couch, watching Scott Hansen at one, a PM sharp Eastern time, I'm going to be livid. So uh, I'm with you, Vito, man. Like, I, yeah. I, I got to be there. And yeah, it sucks that you won't be able to watch. Maybe you can get it on your phone in the stadium. But hey, you're going to be watching one of the, the premier games in week yeah. one here. And week two, frankly, for that matter, yeah. when you get there. No, it's, it's going to be fun, man. So, no, I'm excited to dive in, though, Jeff. Like you said, we got to get to it because this is such – it's just more fun to talk about football right now than our lives. Like, it's the and- best. And this year in particular feels different. And 
I this is where I wanted to start off. We're going to start off giving our our picks for the season in terms of MVP, um, you know, offensive defensive player of the year, all that good stuff. But the reason this year feels different, and and I have to give Kevin Clark, who if you don't know who Kevin Clark is, he's one of the best college or one of the best football writers uh, in America. Works for the Ringer. Um, there's a bunch of amazing content in regards to the NFL. Uh, Kevin Clark was talking about this earlier in the week about why this year feels so special, right? And um, the general manager for the Bills, Brandon Bean, had he did a study a couple of years ago, and there was a study done throughout the NFL as well. Um, but it was in regards to what people um, gravitate towards the most across all of television, right? And the number one thing, there's, no, there's one thing that people gravitate toward. And it's not just football. It's high-scoring, competitive games. And when you think about what this year is, the offseason we had, the amount of good quarterbacks that are in the NFL, the amount of wide receiver talent that has come in in the draft over the last three years, in addition to the guys who have been doing it year after year who are in the, the league, the way that the NFL is set up, the offenses that are out there, in addition to we obviously love a good defensive battle too, but we just have so much talent in the NFL that it's it's borderline overwhelming and it makes me so excited because every single week every day for the last month I've been doing my homework I've been reading articles I've been listening to podcasts I've been crunching numbers and weirdly enough it's so much that we are on the the day of as we're recording this now the NFL's return for the 2022 season and we are just a couple of days away from that one o'clock kickoff that Scotty was talking about and yet I still don't even feel like it's actually here because that's how exciting this season is this season is going to have so much action there's going to be every NFL year is good but this year feels different and so I, totally I don't right. know why I think this is the most highly anticipated football season I've had as a fan in a very, very long time. And I'm not just talking about my Eagles. I'm talking about across the board in the NFL. Yeah. And I can't I can't wait. The AFC is going to be electric. The NFC, we know a couple of good teams, but it's just anyone can come out of the NFC. The, the Vikings, the Eagles, the Saints are all in competition. The Cowboys could have another big year. And then obviously you have the big players there. So it's just across the board. I cannot wait. This year is going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And I cannot gonna, fucking wait. It's going to be incredible. I think to your point, it's so wide open. So many teams have a chance. Like what your Eagles are in the NFC East, my Broncos in the AFC West, even Scotty, just the NFC West has always been that way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the two NFC West teams, right? You guys were both in the NFC Championship last year together. Like, it's just, it's yeah. crazy to think. I want revenge. Well, that's the revenge to, you know, you guys won twice and they beat you once and it was in that championship game. Like, there are so many storylines in yeah. divisions that already have been big. And then with some of these free agent transfers, obviously in my AFC West, you know, it's crazy. AJ Brown to you guys, right, Jeff? Like, uh, yeah, all of us have reasons to be excited. I think there's been so much change. I think we all noticed it, but to your point we were all drafting fantasy teams. When you were looking at the talent and you're like in the ninth round, you're like, fuck, I like this receiver. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was well, evident and what's, everywhere. What's crazy too is as I've gone through and done my homework on each of the teams, I try to do a thing where I put myself in the perspective of a fan of that team. Right. And every year there's usually, I don't know, seven ish teams that just have no reason to be excited. 
right? You know, you're not going to be good. There's not a lot that you're going to see from it. You know, it's the last year of a bad head coach that's hung around. And this year, there's only two teams that I could find that if I was a fan of, I wouldn't be excited. Even if you're the Atlanta Falcons and you know you're not going to be a good team, you drafted Desmond Ritter, who's going to end up starting games at some point this year. You drafted Drake London in the first round. You got your number two with Kyle Pitts. You got your number two with Arthur Smith. There's at least something to hold on to. And if Desmond Ritter looks anything like he did in the preseason, which, as we all know, is a big if, you know, that still gives you something to be excited about. And the only two teams, really, and I feel bad for it, and even if you're our Chicago Bears fan, which they're one of the two teams, you know, maybe Justin Fields puts the whole fucking team on his back and ends up doing stuff. I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. The other team is Seattle, who, you know what? They've had a hell of a run over the last decade, and they're kind of, you know what? We're going to reset this year. We're going to come back. They're going to shoot for that first overall pick. But everyone else, Everyone else has a reason to be excited. And the majority of teams have a reason to be really excited. You know, the Vikings with a new head coach, the mm-hmm. Eagles with all the pieces that they've added, the Saints with Jameis Winston coming back, um, the Bengals bouncing off of it, the Steelers draft the first round quarterback, the Dolphins add all these pieces, the Ravens get all their pieces back, Zach Wilson in year number two for the New York Jets. It's across the league. And it's just, it's phenomenal. So, I can't wait to get into it. Let's start off with our picks. We're going to do first off here, our prediction for the MVP of the 2022 NFL season. Whoever's ready, knock yourself out. You want me to go first, Vito? Go for it, Scotty. All right. So when I think MVP, I think of the quarterback position. That is part and parcel of the NFL MVP award. It's the most valued position in the league. And I look in, I'm a history guy. I like history. Uh, So I I look back to guys who, uh, a quarterback who has moved teams uh, in in one of these years uh, as as a free agent or or got traded or otherwise. Uh, Tom Brady did it a couple of years ago, won the NFL MVP, went to a team with the right system, the right head coach, the right weapons around him. Uh, Matt Ryan, uh, for Christ's sake, won an MVP doing that uh, at, at, when he was had the right system, the right coach, and, and the right weapons around him with Julio Jones and them boys when they went to the Super Bowl. Here's a veteran quarterback who has made a move to a new team who has the right head coach, a new head coach, who has a bunch of excellent young weapons around him, my NFL MVP pick is, Peter, you're going to love this, Russell Wilson. Let's wow. go. I knew that. Oh, dude, I love that pick, obviously. I mean, I think you look what Stafford did. You look what Brady did. There's been a quarterback every year that's transferred somewhere and had an amazing season. The last two actually won Super Bowls, right? Like, it would be amazing if that happened here. I, I'm not expecting that. But I think having a really successful season, especially taking a team up, is I think what will be the MVP. And it's such a storyline, like narrative. You got to have a good story. You have to win a lot of games to win this award. And I, I like that. I, you know, I think that's going to happen, but I actually have someone else for the pick. Let's hear it. I actually have Aaron Rodgers again. Three in a row. Three P. I'll tell you why. It's because he's going to do it this year without Devonte Adams. And if he leads this team to a lot of success and really has a, a you know, um, Uh, even something compared to what he had last season, obviously he'd be up there, but like 
statistically he doesn't have to have the best season this year to win this award because he's doing it without any perceived weapons. Right. And I think that's going to, he's going to get so much credit for anything they have success with. And I think the defense is great. So I think he'll be in games. He doesn't have to do as much. And uh, I think, you know, his statistics may not be as crazy, but I think he'll win the award with not the best, not the most touchdowns, not the most yards. That's my take. I, I love the, I love the rationale behind it. Uh, I love the pick. I think it's fantastic. And again, this goes back to what the intro to today's pod is all about, which is that we have three different picks here that are justified in three very different ways and all seem realistic. Uh, my prediction for the MVP of the 2022 NFL season, Josh Allen circling the wagons. And that might seem chalky and I get that, but you know what? It's legit though. Like it's so legit. Yeah. He's in the conversation for a reason. <laughs> I think he's got the best group of skill talent around him that he's ever had. I think the defense is fantastic. I think they're going to score a ton of points. Uh, Joe Brady is now the quarterback's coach there, which I think is going to help add another element. How did that guy slip calling. to an elite team? Like how <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a at this point it's a phenomenal organization in the way that they run and the way that they hire. Uh, they lost Dable, obviously but I think that's only going to put the chip on his shoulder stronger. And if you're, if we're putting money on it, it's hard not to put Josh Allen in the, in the conversation, if not number one, in terms of most impactful player in the way that he can take over a game in the way that nobody else can cam Newton in 2015. I think Josh Allen gets it done in 2022 uh, offensive player of the year. Scotty, you want to go first? Uh, no, kick, uh, kick the can. Peter. All right, I'll hit it up. So this is, you know, I feel like not many players win both of the awards, right? MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. And usually, you know, Derrick Henry has done it in the past where, like, it's good to see a running back and some other players. But I actually have another quarterback here. And it's for the exact same reasons I told you about Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, that, again, he wouldn't be the best statistically, but he would get all the credit for doing it with less weapons. And it, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to have... If, if he has any success, right, he's going to get so much credit because of Tyree Kill leaving. And they did bring in some other weapons. Kelsey's still there. He's getting older, but he's still, it seems to be playing at an all-time, you know, at his a really high, high level. So I think if Mahomes has statistically a great season, which I think he can, right, if he goes off and has all these great numbers, but maybe doesn't have the success in the AFC West, right, that Rodgers will have in the NFC North, I think that's what kind of just did deteriorates him from getting the MVP award. And I think that he gets the offensive player of the year award for that reason. I mean, look, I don't, I don't hate it at all. I think Mahomes is going to have a monster year. They were my pick to win the AFC West and uh, spoiler alert, but we will be talking about them when we're making our conference picks here in a little bit uh, later, at least when I make mine. Um, <clears throat> historically though, MVP goes to a quarterback offensive player of the year goes to the best non quarterback. And I think this year the best non-quarterback is going to be Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson Ooh. is going to put up insane numbers. I, I'm not saying triple crown type numbers, but when you look at the offense that they were running in uh, Minnesota the last couple of years with Mike Zimmer, it was a run-first offense that had two unbelievable wide receivers. We know Kirk Cousins is going to put up a ton of stats. They may not win a ton of games, but I think if you – and, and this is true too, if you average out his um, – First two seasons in the NFL, he's averaging 2,000 yards a season. And I think this year he might fuck around and get over 2,000 yards in that offense. 
especially knowing that Adam Thielen's going to be healthy and Adam Thielen's still going to be a weapon. Uh, you can't double cover him. You can't, you can't double cover him in that offense. Dalvin Cook's going to be there. You're still going to have to respect the run. I think Justin Jefferson is going to put up an insane year. And I think that's why in our fantasy draft, if I hadn't gotten locked out of the draft, I would have taken him second overall. Um, but I blame the commissioner on this. He had the ability to pause the draft and didn't, but you know, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I'm fucking with you, Scotty. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, offensive player of the year. That uh, that's a great pick. Uh, strongly considered that uh, for me, it's, it's a guy who um, I think you're going to hate the fact that I picked this guy, Jeff. Uh, for the reasons that you just outlined, but I feel like he's going to be healthy and going to be on the field. And he's, when he's on the field, he's the best player in the National Football League. That's Christian McCaffrey. Mm. I like that pick. Just showed up on the injury report for the first time already today. Oh, God, I redact it. Uh, uh, I'm scrambling now. Uh, Debo. No, I'm kidding. I'll stick <laughs> no, with you're you're hundred percent right. If he's healthy, and I and I think Carolina is going to be a really, really good team this year. Um, I think they're going to be awesome. So no, I, I like that pick. I like that pick, uh, defensive player of the year. Anybody have a strong contender that they want to jump out with here first? I mean, I have mine and it's going to go for it. Go ahead. Yeah. It's going to cause me physical pain saying this. Oh boy. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. I love it. If it's not Aaron Donald again. It's going to be Micah Parsons. Those are honestly the two that I have this whittled down to. Now, there's a ton of unbelievable defensive players in the NFL. Um, Micah Parsons is different. And I think their defense is going to take a step back, but I think he takes a step forward. But um, Yeah, you're right, because he's, he's going, going to be, be asked right. to do more in that mm-hmm. defense. Absolutely. Abs- and he's, he's going to have a season where he has 10 sacks. He's going to have, uh, you know, 80 tackles. He's going to have a couple interceptions and force fumbles. He's just going to be, he's going to do everything. He's going to cover guys one-on-one. He's going to drop back into zone coverage. He's going to just be a pure pass rusher. He's going to play middle linebacker. He's going to do everything and he's going to do it all at a high level, um, which we haven't had a guy do that in the NFL in a long, long time, if yeah. ever. So uh, Micah Parsons is my pick defensive player of the year. Vito, who you got? Man, I mean, honestly, this is kind of a, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how, how hard I want to go here on this because I was actually going to give it to Joey Bosa. Mm. And I think Khalil Mack being there in San Diego, they're like on the opposite side of him. It's going to be a lot to handle. He's going to get a lot more opportunities than he has. And I think when we look at the statistics, he's going to end up with a ton of sacks this year. Wow. First, I, I don't know why. That's just what my gut told no, me. No, I and love like, this. I don't love it. It's I love this pick, Vito. That's I love this pick. Say. And I and honestly, we should look up on FanDuel right now what his odds are to win Defensive Player of the Year because they're probably great. And I think that is a fantastic, especially with the, they added two legitimate high quality starters in the interior defensive line. Two hundred. Two thousand. Plus yeah, two thousand twenty to one. On that. I mean. That's fan. That's really good odds, and you just laid out a phenomenal case. Uh, I think that's phenomenal. I'm je- I'm jealous that I didn't come up with that. Honestly, <laughs> that's 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 fantastic, fantastic podcasting right there. And you know what? Not to piggyback, but the reason that I'm going to pick the guy I am, and it's not because I'm a homer, is all the reasons that Vito laid out. Because it's his younger brother, 
because it's Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is going to go off this year. The numbers have been going up. He, when he's fully healthy, he's an absolute stud out there. The, the schedule in the offensive lines work out where he's going to have like 15 plus sacks. Uh, he, he's going to have a phenomenal year just off the charts. He's going to get paid uh, next year. That'll be the ne- next summer's controversy, of course, with the Niners after Debo. But um, it's Nick Bosa, man. I Hey, you know what? I think it's it's a, either one of those guys are great picks. I mean, we know how dominant they both are as edge rushers. Um, I love the Joey it's- Bosa pick. It's wild that we've had like the Watt brothers and the Bosa brothers. Like we've just seen some family dynasty defensive lines come. Big through. Ten defenses, baby. It's just, we each picked uh, a a Big Ten defensive player. <laughs> that hurts. Wow. That and hurts. you picked a Penn Stater. How about that? And, and I picked a an Ohio Stater. A Penn Stater <laughs> and a Cowboy. Yeah, I picked. Yeah. Um, wow. I love it. All right. Well, so Scotty, you have Russ winning the MVP, Christian McCaffrey, offensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year, Vito, you have Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP, offensive player of the year, Patrick Mahomes, defensive player of the year, Joey Bosa. And I have Josh Allen winning the MVP, Justin Jefferson winning offensive player of the year and Micah Parsons winning defensive player of the year. I'm keeping this bookmark to see if we end up getting any of these right. Um, all right, next little part of our pre of our predictions here before we take our break and do our picks and everything. Um, there's a lot of teams that we've penciled in and in some cases penned in to be playoff teams. So I'm asking you guys now, of the teams that have universally been considered a team that we're like, they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to be fine, who's the team that surprises? Because there's always one every year, just like there's always one that surprises us that gets in. Who's the team that everyone has in the playoffs right now do you think is most likely or will miss the playoffs? Oof, man, I'm going to, I don't know if this is, you guys tell me if this is good enough, because it might be a little too universal. Like they might not be too pumped up, but I've heard a lot of hype around the Miami dolphins and I just don't know if they're going to get there. And I've seen some predictions of them being a wild card team. And they're plus they're plus odds to make the playoffs here. So yeah. I would say probably don't qualify for that category. All right. Who's then, so then I'll go. That's where I, I, I may have put them on, on the borderline there. So let me uh, throw out another one here then. How about I'm going to, I'm going to go with, geez, man, I'm going to go with um, the uh, San Diego chargers, even though I just named one of them, the defensive player of the year. <laughs> I, I think that that division's crazy. I think he'll get sacks, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. That team has is a tough See, I, I, and people have picked them to win the division. And I, I love Herbert and everything, but I, I just don't know. Like he hasn't won a lot of games. And I think that you're going to have to win 11 in that division. You know? To me, the upsides, the upsides too high on them. I would pick another team in that division. If, if I was picking someone in the AFC West, it's not my pick, but I would have picked the Raiders. Uh, just because they were a playoff team last year. Yeah. I don't know if they I don't know if they would call it, would they? As of right now, the Chargers are minus 170 to make the playoffs. Okay. Um I'm pulling the up the Raiders are plus 175 to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I mean the Raiders, I think it's you know, I mean the Raiders I do think are less likely to make the playoffs. Um, the Chargers, I you know, I don't hate that pick. I mean, I, I've been on this with the Chargers myself. I think we've we've all become 
far too gung ho for a team that has not made the playoffs. Um, and as much as we all like Brandon Staley, there are a lot of legitimate question marks about him and the defense for him being the defensive guru was not good last year. And I know it wasn't super talented and they got more talent this year with Khalil Mack and everything. Um, I don't think it's that crazy. I don't think it's that crazy, especially because they're the team that everyone's picking. They're the team that everybody's high on. Uh, I like that pick. Uh, I'm going to stay in the AFC West. See, I'll, actually, you know what? I'm going to be nice to you, Vito. I'm going to be nice to you. I thought you um, were going Broncos. I, you haven't been as high on them as Broncos are minus 155 right now to get in. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not going to do that. And instead, I'm going to pick an even ballsier pick. Right now, this team's odds are minus 650. The highest odds to make the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whoa. Ooh. I like it. And this is partially... I wouldn't bet against Brady, but... I don't want to either. Trust me, I don't want to either. Um, But I I think there's something weird going on with that team right now. I think there's something going on weird with Brady right now. Um, There's reports coming out that he and Giselle are currently separated. Um, that they're no longer living in the same house, that this is all because he unretired and that they're, you know, not on the same page. I don't know if that's true or not. I've seen, there was a leak about it last week. There's been more reporting on it right now um, that came out today and over the last couple of days. Uh, But in addition to that, they're down four interior offensive linemen and week one hasn't even been played yet. Uh, We've known forever if there's one way that you're going to, get after Tom Brady. It's pressuring the middle. Um, Chris Godwin's not going to be back until week five, week six. And when he does, he's most likely going to be a shell of himself. Julio Jones looked awful last year for Tennessee, did not add anything. Mike Evans is always dealing with a hamstring. There's no Gronk there. Um, there's a lot of guys to like on that defense, but they also lost a couple pieces from that defense starting in the secondary and along the defensive line. I think the reason they're penciled in and are put in pen is because they are, you know, Tom Brady and the division they play is not great. But one of those sleeper teams is the New Orleans Saints. Jameis, baby, you're right. And if Jameis is is decent, he's got elbows and knees and hips and the offense, all together. If, if, if Michael, if Mike Evans is or Mike Thomas is just a two, a second wide receiver, they have a good wide receiver room. They have have Alvin Kamara. They have a decent offensive line, even though they lost Armstead. And they've also owned the Bucks, so. Yeah. I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Tampa Bay. Interesting. I, I, I don't hate that because I do see a world where uh, the, everything weird that you talked about with, with Tampa Bay right now, plus the fact that this is the, really the first time he's ever not had Gronk, uh, among other things, the injuries and all that. I do see a world where, um, where this is the, the finality, the end uh, of, of Tom Brady and and the dominance and the way that he can pull teams forward, no matter how bad the roster might look, right on both sides of the ball. If we want to get real weird with it, I don't think it's out of question that Tom Brady retires halfway through the season. I would be shocked. I don't think it's out of question. I, I, yeah. I don't, you know what well, I mean? Depending yeah, on how he's, it goes. Yeah. I mean, he I just know. left for ten days. Team. Yeah, he did. I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like, but when season locks in, he's locked in. He loves. I his think game so. More than I anymore. I do too. And I think. But it's if far that affects more like his personal life too, like I'm at some saying, point, he's think... not a robot, really. We no, we might not. think he is. No, but I think that like 
you're right. I, I just think that he loves this game so much, and I think he he's gonna he's gonna make it work so he can play. And I still think they make the playoffs for the record. But if I'm picking one of those teams that we yeah. all have marked in there, I'm gonna go with a ballsy pick and not shit on my friend Vito before we're about to hit week one. We need positive vibes going into week. We one. do. Thank <laughs> you. I love this. positive love vibes. This. All right, Scotty, who's your pick? Uh, my pick is Jeff. You're gonna love this, buddy. I'm I'm making you two happy today with my MVP pick. My team for, to go from good to bad is the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. I just don't think they have enough in the tank. Like Dak is good. CD is, is good and electric when he can be. I think the defense is going to take a step back. I think Dak is going to have to put more on his shoulders than he's even used to. And oh, by the way, calling all of those plays for him is Mike McCarthy. We, we waited all year for our Mike McCarthy game, and we finally got it in the division round last year against the 49ers. I think there's more of the same. Like, th- as good as, as the AFC is, the NFC has some tough teams at the top, and they're going to be playing all of them since they won the division last year. They open with Tampa Bay, for crying out loud. Uh, and, and I think their first four games are really difficult as well. So, look, if you, if you don't get off to a good start, number one, uh, your time is going to be short in Dallas, uh, believe me. But I, I think... Just, just team wise, all the, all the things they lost in the offseason, the Lael Collins, the uh, the Jason Peters, all of that, the, uh, combined with what's left, and and what's left to get back into the tank, uh, to to make a playoff run, I don't see it, man. I I don't, and I think the Dallas Cowboys are the team that that regresses and goes from good to to bad. I think that's a great pick. Um, I've I've said it all offseason. I don't understand why people are high on the Cowboys. I don't understand why their win total was 10 and a half. I don't understand. It never made sense to me. The team didn't get better and they lost their best offensive lineman until December at the earliest. And now they're going to have 40 year old Jason Peters playing left tackle for him. And that's going to hurt as an Eagles fan. That one's going to hurt seeing Jason Peters with the star in his helmet. Um, But at the same time, I, I, I don't – and the weird thing is, too, is it's like if Minnesota's better – is ends up being good, like a lot of people think, if New Orleans ends up being good. I know people are down on the Cardinals, but, hey, you know, there's still talent on that team. Yeah. Um, and if it, one of those sleeper teams in the NFC, like a Carolina, ends up making a little bit of a run, who knows? Dallas might be on the outside looking in. You know, they might be right at that 9-8 and eight mark, and they might lose tiebreakers. They may not find themselves – in the playoffs. I think it's a, I think it's a really good pick Scotty. Um, all right, now let's be optimistic here. Continuing with good vibes team that is projected not to make the playoffs. Who you think will surprise and shock the world and make the playoffs. I'll go. Let's see it. it, I think, I think it's a guy who's in uh, his second year, an absolute stud uh, at quarterback who just got the quarterback whisper of coaches. It's Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence and Dougie P for me. I love that pick. I do too. I do love that pick. Man, because Doug Doug Peterson made Carson Wentz an MVP. He would have won MVP if he didn't get injured at the end. And then Nick Foles, an NFL MVP in the NFL Super Bowl that had the most yards ever. The the game that has the most (laughs) yards ever. And it was a Super Bowl. Like that was an incredible offensive performance. And I'm just saying Carson Wentz and Nick Foles do not look great not under Doug Peterson. So uh, I have faith and I love that pick. I do too. I do too. And I I think there's a really good chance. And and based off of what the the film watchers and like people who really break down the X's and O's, 
they had Trevor Lawrence last year as a top half quarterback. And I think just given, you know, it's addition by subtraction. We saw that at the second half of last year without Urban Meyer. And now you also add Doug Peterson. You bring in Christian Kirk. You know, you bring in Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. You at least have some sort of reliable pass catchers. I think it's going to be tough in the AFC. But at the same time, they're going to make a huge stride this year. I'm with you, Scotty. I, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, pick there. Um, all right. I am going to go with the team that I just alluded to. I almost went with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I am going to go with the Carolina Panthers. Um, the NFC is wide open. The Panthers have a very, very easy strength of schedule. Matt Rule, fun fact, third year at Temple, 10 wins. Third year at Baylor, 11 wins. I think he had less than 10 wins at both places combined in his first two seasons. Maybe he's just a third-year guy. Who knows? Um, but I think more than anything, this team, the offensive line should be better. I love Icky, um, and I think he's a guy who's going to come in and, and be really solid right out of the gate. The defense, they've invested a ton in. They have a bunch of young guys who could all be potential all-pro guys, even though they did lose Hassan Reddick. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt them all that much. And the big thing for them is if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, they're going to be in every game. And yes, they started off three and zero last year against three terrible teams. I think it was like the jets and Jacksonville and Houston or something in their first three games last year. But I really like the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to sneak in and steal that seven spot. I have the same Jeff, because I, I absolutely agree. I think, Baker's going to come in and play well. I think if McCaffrey can just stay healthy, that offense is already going to be amazing. I think that fit for Baker especially is going to be so great. I really do. I think that's going to be with those weapons, it's going to just be a whole different dynamic. Having McCaffrey really a, an elite pass catcher, not only out of the backfield in the slot, right? Like that's going to make a world of a difference. Um, and I don't know at the end of it, they're in a division that, that, you know, I think they can compete against a couple of these teams and, you know, Atlanta, I don't think it's going to be very good, but you know, I, I love the fact that they don't have to play again, a first place schedule as well. I love it. All right, let's move on to our AFC conference championship predictions and our Super Bowl picks. We'll start with the AFC conference championship. Scotty, you got your picks in. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. It's going to be Baltimore against Buffalo in the conference championship in the AFC. I mean, Lamar is putting this team on his back. Uh, he's tired of the contract talk. He's tired of people telling him that uh, he can't win a playoff game. So it's going to be all Lamar. And, and, and frankly, uh, he was he was right behind uh, Russ as my MVP pick, but uh, I I had to go with the with the gut there. Uh, but Lamar is, is is right up there in that conversation, and I think he can legitimately lead the team just as I think Josh Allen can lead his team, which has more weapons and more, uh, more explosiveness on offense than even the Ravens do. I like it. All right. You know, Vita. Go ahead. Vita. <laughs> I, uh, I have the Ravens over the bills in that game. Oh, yeah. Scotty, who did I you have? Know, did Scotty, you have you Buffalo winning? That. Uh, no, I was going to take Buffalo in that game. Yeah. Dude, I, I actually, so I have the same matchup. I can't believe you said that. Uh, I have the same matchup. I, I love Baltimore this year. I'm very, very high on their offense. I think Lamar puts it together, has an absolute season, but I think that the team runs well. The defense is going to be there. I think that in the playoffs, it's going to come down to them having a high enough seed to where 
or, or just playing in some colder weather run game matters at the end of the year. And that's why I went with them. I love it for me. I have the Buffalo bills and the Kansas city chiefs. I like that. Wow. <laughs> I am very high on Kansas city. I think they're going to have a fantastic Who, year. I think Mahomes, who's the home team. I think Buffalo is the home team. I think Kansas city is going to have a fantastic year. Um, and I really do believe that the next five to 10 years of our football watching is going to be very similar to what it was like from 2000 to 2010 with Peyton and Tom Brady. I think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, we're going to see these two play in the bat in the playoffs. We're going to see them play in the regular season. We're going to have unbelievable matchups. Um, I think experience here. I think Buffalo, I like that we're all in on Buffalo, which is the trendy pick. Um, but I think Kansas city has something to prove. And I think a scary world for football fans, if you're not a Kansas city chiefs fan is one where Patrick Mahomes is pissed off and people are trying to doubt him. And I think I was very close to having Mahomes be my MVP. I think Mahomes finishes second behind Josh Allen. And I think that feeds into some of the storyline in the AFC championship game. I have the Kansas city chiefs returning to the super bowl this year. Mm. I like it. All right. Conference championship in the NFC. Who wants to start? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take this one off. Uh, I have the Packers um, and I have the Packers playing at home. I think they're going to dominate the NFC and, and get the number one seed. And I have them playing against the Eagles. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and I actually have the Eagles winning that game. Oh, I don't I like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting antsy. I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know what it is, but I, let me tell you what, I'm just so high on the Eagles. And I think the team is so good. You have skill at every position. I don't really know where the weakness is. Green Bay is in a very similar boat, but their weakness is on the outside. Can they, can they against, especially the playoff teams, can they get wide receivers open? Aaron Rodgers would probably make up for that, but he has been known so, you know, throw some picks and the team hasn't made it to a Super Bowl in a long time. So I don't think I'm that off having them get there and, and lose. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles as one of those upstart teams, just getting going and just uh, wow, figuring out a way to turn it on. And remember, they can run the ball well with Jalen and Miles Sanders. So I, I think running will have an effect in the playoffs. So you will have a Baltimore-Philadelphia Super Bowl. Yeah. Wow. I-95 battle. I That would be a wild, especially with the two accents that are – Baltimore is just a drunk Philly accent. <laughs> like they're the so same, accurate. like, like a, like a Delco County, yeah. but like Delco, Delco got your Wawa hoagies down there. It's Jersey shore. Um, yeah, no, I, that would be epic. That would be epic. Uh, Scotty for you, who's playing in the conference championship for the NFC. We're going to have a reunion boys. And it's Tom Brady's homecoming to San Francisco when he comes to the Bay to play in an NFC championship game and loses and goes back to his parents' house. The 49ers are going to the Super Bowl over Tom Brady and the Bucks. Wow. All right. You know what? I love, I love the confidence. I wouldn't dare. Maybe this is just the Philly superstition. We're not allowed to have nice things in me forever that will forever be instilled. I would never in a million years pick my team to be in the Super Bowl. It's uh, what, what have I, I got to lose? Out of mind. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I had to leave them out. Yeah. But you know what? I like it. I like it, Scotty. I like it. You positive West Coasters. Um, 
All right, so you'll have a Buffalo and San Francisco Super Bowl. All right. Well, my Super Bowl, I have the Green Bay Packers hosting the Los Angeles Rams. I don't think the Rams – That's impossible. For the Super Bowl? Oh, you're doing the championship. Sorry. Championship. (laughs) You said Super Bowl. Did I I say Super Bowl? Sorry. No, my conference (laughs) championship. I have the Packers hosting Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I don't think the Super Bowl hangover is going to bother the Rams. I don't, I don't know why, but it's something that affects every team usually, and I don't, I don't think it's going to happen for them. I think they're too good. I think they've been one of the best teams in the NFL for a long time um, since the 2019, or 2018 season. And even before that, really, McVay's first year in 2017, they've been one of the best teams. So I am very high on the Rams. I'm very high on the Packers. And I think the Green Bay Packers win it. And Aaron Rodgers goes to face on Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Wow, and State Farm Super Bowl. I'm 95% sure I predict the same matchup last year. Dude, and it's State Farm. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's State Farm Stadium that they're playing at in Glendale for the Super Bowl. Like, this is perfect. NFL rigged. (laughs) NFL rigged. NFL's rigged. I'm I'm calling. Yeah, you're basically calling the NFL rigged, Jeff. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we all know it is rigged, obviously. Um, That's right. All right. So we have uh, a Green Bay and Kansas City Super Bowl for me. And who wins it? Scotty, we'll start with you. I have uh, Buffalo. Am I picking Green Bay and Kansas City? No, you're Super Bowl. Green Bay. Uh, no, I have Buffalo and Kansas City uh, in my Super Bowl matchup. Or San Francisco, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Buffalo and San Francisco in my matchup. I've had enough confidence, right? You think I, it would end there? It doesn't. We get six. Let's go, baby. Niners. Wow. I love it. And bold, I have... Bold move, Cotton. In my matchup um, of the Eagles versus the Ravens, I have the Ravens winning a Super Bowl. I have Lamar just having a heroic effort at the end of the year um, in the playoffs and just carrying that team to a Super Bowl victory. Well, two things, too. A, thank you for not picking the Eagles. And B, uh, (laughs) the last time that we had a uh, contract issue with a Baltimore Ravens quarterback who they wouldn't sign to a long-term extension, they fucked around and won the Super Bowl. And then they had to pay that man. So uh, I I love that. What a storyline that would be. Um, I have Green Bay and Kansas City. And I think the Green Bay Packers win the Super Bowl this year. I think they have one of the top three defenses in the NFL. I think they have the best quarterback in terms of experience, in addition to talent and everything else he's done. They're going to have a fantastic run game. They've been so close. Matt LaFleur giving off a little bit Andy Reid vibes in the early 2000s, winning a shitload of games, coming up short in the playoffs. I think not only do they get there, but I think they win the Super Bowl. I think this is the year. Go Pack Go. The Green Bay Packers raise the Lombardi Trophy. And even though I don't like them or people don't like them, I still like Aaron Rodgers. I can't ever not like the guy. I don't know what it is. People like to hate him. I love the guy. it's, It's weird. I think he's hypnotized me with football. All right, those are our picks. We will take a break. We will come back and we will be doing our week one picks, going through all the games, picking the spread, and we will get you on your way to week one. But before we do that, gentlemen, a word from Alliance Accounting. Tax season is just like football season. It never really stops. 
And if you think it's hot out now while we're waiting for football season to come back, imagine the hot water you'll be in if you miss the October filing deadline. And whether you are a small to mid-sized business or an individual playing one-on-one with your income taxes, the trusted team at Alliance Accounting is here with reliable accounting solutions to get you across the goal line without missing any deadlines. I use, a, uh, I use Alliance myself. This whole podcast does. Uh, they're fantastic. Shout out Omar. They've got a fantastic small team that is always available to help. And one of the things I love most about Alliance Accounting is the deep roster they provide. For both individual businesses and individuals themselves, alliances will act, Alliance will accurately file your federal and state taxes for you, saving you time and money. And who doesn't love that? They will review your return thoroughly to check for all available deductions and credits to make sure you score the maximum refund you deserve. And they'll help you plan for your team's future with their detailed and personal analysis of your taxes and provide you solutions tailored to your needs. It doesn't stop there. Alliance Accounting's roster will help you get through overtime with their thorough and trusted bookkeeping and business finance services. So sit back, relax, and enjoy week one this week, knowing that Alliance Accounting has got you covered for all your tax needs. Visit their website at allianceaccounting.com. That's allianceaccounting.com. Or find them on Instagram at alliance underscore accounting. Alliance Accounting with you every step of the way quick break we'll be right back week one coming up on the other side all right enough chit chat it's time we are two weeks into college football picks with between week zero and week one scotty is yet to make an official pick in terms of betting a line or a spread this week i'm getting to it so we will get scotty on the board finally uh, I can update everybody, but Vito, I believe you are one and two on the year. Correct. I am, slow. I am five and three after a hot start. I had a rough Saturday. Uh, we have all 16 games in the NFL that we're going to pick this week. And then we have four college games that we're going to pick afterwards. Uh, some sneaky, great college football matchups this week as well. One we're not going to pick, but I'll just throw this out now. App State at Texas A&M. Not saying it's going to be an upset, but App State's getting 19 points, and that offense can move. So, I don't know. Wouldn't put it past them. A little backdoor cover there for for App State. Oh, I'll throw them in a teaser. I get that 26. Oh, I'm a teaser guy. That's such a good call, Vito. Teasers teasers are the, you know, gambling degenerates heroin. Yeah. Oh, they're great. (laughs) All right. Let's get into it. We are less than three hours away from the official start of the 2022 NFL season, the Los Angeles Rams defending Super Bowl champions hosting the Buffalo Bills unquestioned. This is the best matchup that we have in week one. There's a bunch of really good matchups across the board. Um, Right now, the visiting Buffalo Bills are a two and a half point favorite. How are we seeing this game play out tonight? This, this, I mean, could be a Super Bowl preview. This is an incredible matchup. It could have been the Super Bowl last year. Let's be honest. Like it, it, it this, this was um, a great Coin call by away. the NFL to, to do this. And what I love about it is I, I think that this is a, it should be a toss up game. And because of that, I'm actually going to go with the Rams. Ooh. Um, and I'm going to take the two and a half because they're at home. 
I think the Bills are going to be great this year. Don't get me wrong. I just think the Rams, yes, they won the Super Bowl. I, I think what you said earlier is right, Jeff. I don't think they have the hangover that everyone thinks they do. Allen Robinson's going to be great on that outside on, um, on the left there. And I really like what they've done the off season. Um, Bobby Wagner, it's going to be fun to watch that team. And I think they get it done. Yeah. It centers around the health of Matt Stafford. That's, that's point a and, and that's it on that offense. Everyone else is, is not a question mark at this point. Um, so I, I feel like the team goes as he goes, the defense is going to be the defense. You're giving me two and a half points. Uh, for Buffalo to watch LA raise the banner in their home stadium, the hangover is real, boys. I've had enough hangovers in my life. I drink too much. Uh, not to mention the the statistically, um, I think the the Rams are eleven and five against the spread uh, in Week One. Uh, or sorry, the home team is the home team is eleven and five against the spread in Week One since twenty seventeen, and the Bills are twelve and five against the spread uh, in Week One since 2017 uh, or 2012 i'm sorry um was the was the year so that plus the hangover give me the bills the bills the buffalo bills starting off on a hot street and you know what let's do a little live producing on the podcast here because i I was thinking about ways we can do our picks a little different this year because i like our format i think it's a good way to get through all the games to preview everything um but you know, I think it should be a little more competitive here with our, our season-long records. So I'm going to throw this out there. You guys let me know. I think it would be cool if we add a prop bet into games if you feel super strong about it, right? So you can almost parlay your pick for a specific game, right? So if you think, you know what, Buffalo Bills tonight, I'm going to take them on the spread, but I also think the over is going to hit. You can mark that down. If you get both right, it counts as two on your record. If you get it wrong, though, it counts against your record. How do we feel? I love it. Let's do it. I love that, too. All right. Yeah, don't, well, you don't threaten me with a parlay, Jeff. You know I'm in. God damn it. Don't yeah, tease me with a prop pick. <laughs> that was the easiest win of all time. Um, That's how I made all my money in the summer was prop picks. Thanks, baseball. <laughs> so I'm kind of split on this game, as we all should be, because it's a phenomenal yeah. game, and it's a really hard one to pick. Um out of the gates, I, I want to lean with the Rams uh, because I do think the Super Bowl hangover uh, is not going to be as much of an impact this year. Uh, I do think that stadium, when they've had people in there, has been a really tough environment to play. And the Rams at least have now fake fans, as Scotty would, would love to say. And is agree honestly, honestly agree true. I, 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 can, I will agree with that. Thank um, you. And About part time. of it, too, is the Bills secondary right now is their weakness. Um, Tredavious White still not back yet. He's not going to become be playing for a little bit. Uh, got some young guys on the outside. I think there's going to be an opportunity for the Rams to attack that for Matt Stafford to attack that, but the Stafford elbow and shoulder stuff this year is a bit of a concern. They just released. It was either yesterday or today that Stafford actually had an off season procedure on his throwing arm that um, the public didn't know about until this week. The whole um, town's liars. I'm telling you LA, please. <laughs> uh, so because of that, I am going to do add a prop bet here. Number one, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to win. I'm going to take them to cover the two and a half, but I'm also going to take the over. Right now, the over set at 52. I think that is uh, a home run. I think definitely more than 26 points aside. I think we're going to start this season off with a bang. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think Allen Robinson gets in. I think Cooper Cup gets in on the action. I think Josh Allen, even with Aaron Donald, the, the closest physical freak 
to Aaron Donald in the NFL is Josh Allen. So uh, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to win late second field goal, win it by three, and I'm going to take the over in uh, Thursday night. Plus, it's the first game of the year. You got to take the over on the first game of the year. Jeff, I'm going to join you. You're going to do over. that too? Mark me down. I will add you down, Vito. The Los Angeles Rams me. I'm in and on the over. over. Oh. All right. All right. We are off and running. Let's switch to the 1 o'clock games on Sunday. We're going to start in the NFC South. The New Orleans Saints. Jameis, one of one. MVP potential for, uh, for Vito here. Always. Going to the Atlanta Falcons. Not the most exciting of matchups for sure, but uh, I am very, very curious to see the New Orleans Saints this year because, again, they're the hardest team, I think, to figure out in the NFL this year. Right now, the New Orleans Saints are a five-and-a-half-point road favorite. A lot of home underdogs this week, so keep that in mind when we're betting. Five-and-a-half points, New Orleans Saints, and a lot of weird shit happens week one. Who wants to start? Vito, why don't we start with you? since it is yeah. your Jameis Winston, uh, New Orleans Saints here. Man, I love Jameis. Uh, you know, full season with LASIK. I think this is going to be different here. Um, you know, he was off to a pretty good start last year. He started extremely hot last year. I think he had four or five touchdowns in week one last year. Um, the game against Green Bay, yeah. Yeah, and so he uh, – <clears throat> I think he's going to come off to a hot start again. You know, he's got his wrists, he's got his ankles, he's got his shoulders, he's got his hips. If you didn't see the interview, you need to. He's God's gift in terms of the media. He's so phenomenal. <laughs> and I really, really think that he's going to come out, have a very strong showing and cover. But I want to just mention, I think Marcus Mariota is better than people think. And I really love the mismatches that they're going to have with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to be close. I think they get like six or seven and, and look out for the Falcons in a teaser. If you're, if you're looking at that, cause I think they're close to covering that five and a half. Don't, I don't hate the teaser five and a half is too much. Atlanta is one of the worst teams against the spread last year in, in their last like 10 games. I think they, they went two and eight uh, against the spread. Uh, I'm out on them. I'm with you, Jeff, New Orleans. So Vito's taking New Orleans, Scotty's taking New Orleans and I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons here. I'm going to take the Falcons to cover the five and a half. It's a pretty big line for week one. Um, Drake London listed as questionable, which you don't love to see, but so was Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith, which are two of the starting wide receivers uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Um, that Saints defense should be good, but Mariota has a way of just kind of winning weird games, and I think Kyle Pitts is going to explode here in week one. Um, and I think this is going to be, again, I'm not picking the Falcons to have a long season. I'm not even picking the Falcons to win this game. I think this is going to be one of those that we're sitting there at like 3.30 or, or, or 3 o'clock and we're getting ready to wrap up the first round of games. And you're like, holy shit, how are the Falcons in this game right now? Um, I, I am concerned about Dennis Allen. His track record as a head coach is awful. Uh, and I think that's the biggest question mark for the Saints this year. Not necessarily Jameis. It's more Dennis Allen. And what has he learned? Uh, and I think, you know, a year and a half or almost a year since Jameis has played coming off the ACL. Um, a little worried about that for, for the Saints. So I'm going to take Atlanta to keep this close, but I do think the Saints end up winning the football game. All right. The first of our teams to get picked on the year, the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Soldier Field, taking on the Chicago Bears. 
The Niners are a seven-point favorite in Trey Lance's first career start. And now, granted, it's against probably, in my opinion, the worst team in the NFL. Uh, and we will see where that goes. The 49ers, the Bears, seven-point favorite here. Uh, Scotty will give you the honor since they're your team. Yes, think, and they're my know. Super Bowl pick, too. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to take the over. I Look, that even take with Trey Lance. Take San Francisco. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm taking San Francisco. Uh, there it is. No spoilers. No, no, that's not my prop bet. I thought about it, though. Um, I, even with Trey Lance, uh, I think the offensive line is better than people say it is uh, because it's always better when you have Trent Williams out there uh, and he elevates the rest of the line play. Defense is obviously going to be a question mark in the secondary, but like honestly, the only thing we have to worry about really is is Darnell Mooney, um, r- like burning us. Otherwise, Cole Komet's going to be well covered with our linebacking core. So I'm 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 on the Niners, even with Trey Lance on the offense. I I think it could be explosive, bang or uh, boom bust this year, but um, against the, against that defense, yeah, I, I, I'm on the touchdown favorite. I'm uh, I'm in the same boat, um, and I, it could end up being a push, but I, I think the the Niners get out of there at least by seven, um, and and I think they take it. And I, I I really am expecting a lot out of both these quarterbacks at least for a show. It's wild that again, like you said, one of the worst teams that's projected in the NFL, Jeff, and like the 49ers with Trey Lance. It's amazing the Bears again don't have much to think of, like to be happy about or looking forward to. But man, Justin Fields could be special, and I'm excited for that quarterback matchup and to see both those athletes play. I think it's going to be a really to that point specifically, Vito. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really picturesque dichotomy of two different ways that quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks in particular, end up getting screwed over in the NFL or succeed in the NFL. The number one indicator um, on when it comes to, and again, there's another thing that there's been studies on, um, on quarterback success, rookie success quarterbacks, is the situation that they get put into um, and and how long you're willing to commit to them. Uh, Right now, Justin Fields is learning a whole new offense with different verbiage, with different players, with a terrible offensive line, uh, and was – drafted to one of the worst organizations in the NFL, as much as that sucks to say, but a Chicago fan base that is objectively one of the better ones. Uh, And then San Francisco, on the other hand, is the most picturesque and perfect version of where a rookie quarterback can get drafted with a fantastic play caller, a quarterback genius, uh, a good front office, a good offensive line, a good defense. Uh, And these are two opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm taking San Francisco here, and I'm not thinking twice about it. San Francisco is going to easily cover this spread. Uh, and I also think Nick Bosa is going to have multiple sacks in game number one going up against that offensive lineman. He's going to um, have eight of his 15. <laughs> and Justin Fields is going to be out running for his life. Now, what's interesting, we know Justin Fields didn't get drafted by, and, and you know, in lieu of Trey Lance. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, damn, I kind of wish Trey, you know, um, Justin Fields went to San Francisco. Um, and obviously, they were the same we, class. We were not but- against it. <laughs> I mean, and I told you guys at the time I wasn't as high on, you know, Justin Fields, but the struggles we've seen from Justin Fields is not because of what I thought he was going to struggle with in the NFL. It's entirely because of the situation. So we're all on San Francisco uh, and poor Justin Fields is going to be running for his freaking life. Uh, Next up here, we have AFC North conference battle or divisional battle. 
the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to the newly named Paycor Stadium, also known as Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. Uh, right now, the Cincinnati Bengals defending AFC champions are six and a half point favorites against the Steelers at home. I'll lead us off here being the Joe Burrow stand that I am. And there's no second thought in my mind. The Bengals are going to crush in this game. Um, offensive line is going to be better. The wide receivers are absurd. Joe Burrow, the only concern I have really Cincinnati is just Joe Burrow lost a lot of weight with the appendectomy um, about a month ago. So whether or not he was able to put some of that back on and he's 100% healthy, he's going to be playing in this game. Um, regardless, we know that about Joe Burrow. He'll play in freaking anything, that dude. And uh, I love I love Cincinnati. Six and a half, win by touchdown. I'm taking I'm taking Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, this is a no-brainer. I, like, uh, to me, look, not only is the team way better, you, Pittsburgh is trying to figure out what they are and who they are and, and with the, all the new faces in, in, in that lineup. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be a quarterback, so that's a huge wild card. But, of course, you trust Mike Tomlin. It's easy, man. The Bengals are on a streak of 8-0, uh, including the playoffs last year against the spread. Uh, they're going to make it 9-0 this weekend. I like that. I, you know, I think that the Steelers have a good defense, but it comes down to quarterback play, and I'm on the Bengals as well. Yeah, the the cornerbacks right now for for Pittsburgh are not great. They're not bad. I mean, you have Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary, which helps you, but in terms of trying to guard T. Higgins and trying to guard Jamar Chase, um, they upgraded the tight end position. Joe Mixon, uh, the offensive line is going to be better now. Granted, they are going up against Cam Hayward and uh, T.J. Watt, which is going to be tough, but the one thing we know about Joe Burrow, that dude took an absolute beating. I went back and watched the game against Tennessee last year and the playoffs when he got sacked seven times and yet they still won the game. And the way he was running for his life, and even in the clips that you look up from the Super Bowl last year, there's nothing that that strikes fear into Joe Burrow. There's fucking nothing. And I heard – I was actually reading an article Kevin Clark did about Joe Burrow and, and throwing the deep ball. And you guys should both read it. So it'd be right up your alley and all of our listeners should go read it too. Um, but he, they tell a story in the article about when he was at LSU and Patrick queen, who was at LSU at the time, starting linebacker for the, the Ravens. Um, they were in camp and there was a fight that broke out and Joe Burrow wasn't really, didn't really get into the mix much. And he watched it back on tape that night and was like, what the fuck? He's like, I just need, he's like, I need to fucking get into this shit. And the next day, Patrick Queen started jawing at him. And Joe, Joe Burrow just straight up went after Patrick Queen in a practice at LSU. And I'm like, that dude, fucking Joe Burrow. I love Justin yeah. Herbert, but Joe Burrow, baby. It's, That's the, gonna- I love, it's the best offensive duo in the league, Jamar Chase and, uh, and Joe Burrow. How about that? Might be. Might be. I think that should be the new name of the pod. I love Justin Herbert, but... <laughs> because <laughs> it always comes back to burrow versus uh justin herbert which is objectively probably unfair to both of them all right next up new england who uh is seemingly hanging on by a thread right now going to the miami dolphins the patriots have traditionally struggled in miami uh the dolphins obviously with all their new toys to go along with Tua, new head coach uh very very curious to see what that offense is going to look like and on the opposite side, who knows what that offense is going to be. Um, Patriots fans in my life have never been more concerned. It's actually fascinating 
watching people who have had nothing but just consistency and just knowing that you trust your coach actually start to kind of be concerned about Belichick and this whole no offensive coordinator thing and Matt Patricia and Joe judge and Bill Belichick are all calling plays for the offense. And Matt Patricia is coaching the offensive line now and yeah. they don't have Dante Scarnecchia. There's just a million things right now that it seems are going wrong for the Patriots. In addition to the one rookie wide receiver they had, Cedric Thornton, who was tearing it up in the preseason, uh, broke his collarbone. We're not going to see him until at least halfway through the season. Miami is a three and a half point favorite. So uh, this game's in Miami. They're basically saying it's it's a borderline pick 'em. That's just the respect that the you know Bill Belichick has had, and he's earned not only in Vegas but amongst fans who actually gamble. So where are we sitting right now with the Pats and the Dolphins? 1 p.m. CBS. I'm going to take the Patriots, and it's because I think all of that would be crazy for any other team, but I think the way they shut out everything and they just love football. There's something about the people who end up in New England, those coaches, the way they talk about it, even the players, you know, to its detriment in some players' minds, it's all football all the time. That It's their lives up there. And I think uh, they're going to take care of business and they, I think they'll win, but I definitely, if they lose, it won't be by more than three. So, you know, I'm, I'm taking them against the spread right there and, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I think Miami's going to be good, but you still got Mac Jones. Hunter Henry will have a good game. That's where I'm leaning. Nah, man. It's the shiny new toys. Miami's coming out hot. And, and if there's ever a time to get New England, I, I know they, they struggle there, and it's usually down at the, at the beginning of the year when New England travels down to South Florida. Um, but if there's ever a time to, to go it's and travel down, or get the Patriots in Miami, it's at the beginning of the year, man. Do it now. You got a bunch of shiny new toys. That defense of New England, I'm not, I'm not sold on, especially in the secondary. So I feel like Tyree can burn a little bit and uh, and get some touches. Um, and it, he's 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 going to have an explosive game and uh, and tell Bill Belichick and the Kansas City Chiefs where to stuff it. Uh, Miami for me. I love it. Two very different perspectives, and I'm leaning with Scotty. I'm leaning with Scotty here. I think the Miami Dolphins are going to start off hot. I don't think now, I will say this. I think they win not despite Tua, but kind of despite Tua. You know, I, I think this, I think Tua will make some good throws, make some, have some impressive plays, but I think more importantly, he's going to get the ball to guys who make plays. And so at the end of the day, we'll be like, look, Tua had this amazing day, and all the Tua non out there are going to come out there and shit on. The, all the haters and everything, but I think two is just going to take what he can get, right? He's going to get what he can take. He's going to, it's going to be quick slants. It's going to be bubble screens to Tyreek a hundred percent, right? The best player in that secondary for new England right now is Jalen Mills, who I love Jalen Mills. He was on the Eagles in the 2017 championship team. He got cooked a lot last year. No JC Jackson. Uh, no. Uh, oh, who was the defensive lineman who they had, who, who left um, doesn't matter. Um, no Dante Hightower anymore. The secondary is not what it was. I think they're going to be able to put up some points. Uh, and I'll just, I, until I see that there's a coherent offensive unit there, I'm buying into this because one of the best things you can do, especially early on, pay attention to what the beat writers in those cities are saying. And every beat writer in Boston who've been covering this team for 20 years has been like, this is bad. They've looked bad the entire training camp. They looked bad in the preseason. There is no cohesion in this team. No one knows who to trust, who's calling plays, who's doing what. 
And I don't know. I think we're, we might sneakily be at a point at the middle of the season where we're thinking, man, has Belichick just lost it? I'm real, real low on the Pats. I think Miami wins and covers the three and a half here comfortably. All righty. Next up, the Philadelphia Eagles going to Detroit. The hard knock darlings, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, Deuce Staley on the coaching staff in Detroit now. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, my namesake in fantasy this year. Amon amongst boys. Thought that was a good one. Um, right now, Philly is a four-point favorite on the road. Amon is draft grade <laughs> on that name. <laughs> really? I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> All right, well, work in progress. For right now, I, I think it's solid. Um, where are we feeling about the Eagles? I guess I can, I can start us off here if you guys would like. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm really worried. <laughs> I don't know if it's the hard knocks in my head. I don't know if it's Dan Campbell and just how gritty and tough this team was last year. The fact that everyone in the last month has now all of a sudden, like the Eagles went from being 25 to one to be in the NFC championship game or, or sorry, to win the NFC championship game, get to the Super Bowl. to now they're like 16 to one and they all and the, of their the division odds, odds flipped, right? No, the division odds are still in favor of the Cowboys. Um, no, they weren't. I saw it flipped yesterday. It was like plus one thirty to the Cowboys, was or uh, to the Eagles, and now, yeah, the they the Dallas fell behind. Well, there you go. So right now, there's just a lot, a lot of movement going towards the Eagles. Which, if you don't bet on anything, just and you know nothing about sports, but you want to gamble, look at where the money's going and bet the opposite, because more often than not, that's the team that wins the majority of the time. Um, may only be like 55% of the time, but hey, you're still getting better odds. That being said, I do believe in this team. I believe in Sirianni. I believe in Jalen Hurts, who has had an outstanding camp. I've heard it from national guys, not just the local guys now too. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to make a statement early. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who put in bet slips, people like Vita who have them getting to the Super Bowl, who are going to be very happy watching the Eagles win in big fashion. Now, I will say they, these two teams played last year. And I believe the Eagles won 44 to three. So give them a field goal. 44 to six. So knowing Dan Campbell, he's going to put that, that score (laughs) up on their lockers every single day. Red paint. Yeah. Yeah, He's going to paint it on the walls in green, midnight green and white 44 to six and remind everybody. So I do think they're going to get a, 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 I think it's going to be one of those Detroit scores early, but I do think the Eagles are the superior team, and I do think they bounce back, and I think they win. And I think they cover the spread, so I'm taking Philly. And what was the spread again? Uh, Philly minus four. Oh, yeah. I'm taking Philly. Um, I think uh, for all those reasons, I think the Lions are better. Again, maybe I'm buying a hard knocks too, Jeff, but I, I definitely don't think that they're going to be able to compete with the Eagles. Um, I think that they'll be able to run the ball to a great extent not just with Jalen, with Miles Sanders. And, and uh, I, I definitely think uh, A.J. Brown difference maker will show up in game one. And, and that's what I, why I'm taking the Eagles. I think offensively, they're just going to be able to score too many points. And their defense is too good to let the Lions do the same. Yeah, that all sounds great. And, and I agree with you because uh, uh, mostly because I'm really rooting for A.J. Brown uh, being on my fantasy team. <laughs> um, no, I'm... Look, Detroit is 11 and 0 against the spread in week 1 in the last 11 years. That's crazy. 
I I don't care what you say about the Eagles offense and what it could be. I can't bet against that, man. Plus, Jared Goff is 5-0 and in the last five week one games against the spread. Jared Goff! So, uh, Lions, plus four. And I got a bonus for you, boys. This is my... This is my prop bet of the week. Okay. The Lions, in addition to their their spread record, have gone eleven and zero on the over in Week Ones. Hammer it down! I'm taking the over on on, on this game as well as the Lions plus four. Wow! Are you going to take Are you going to take Lions money line? Uh, yeah. Why not? I'll do it. Wow. Thought we were friends. Cool. Wow. Um, Dude, I love the Lions over. That's a great call. 48 and a half is where the over under is at right now for that game. Um, hell, that over would have hit last year when these two teams played. So who's to say <laughs> who's to say it couldn't happen again, right? Hopefully with a similar outcome. Um, I'm actually I, it is interesting because the Lions have a really, really good offensive line, or they're projected to at least, and the Eagles are gonna have a really, really good defensive line. And the defensive line for Detroit, obviously Aiden Hutchinson coming in. He's going to get served uh, Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson, which I think will be a little bit of a welcome to welcome the NFL. Welcome to the league, Rook. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, that dude is a monster. Like I, I, I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a stud. So I, I think I think my projections on Aiden Hutchinson might have been uh, a little low as, in terms of what his ceiling could be because um, he look absolutely mm-hmm. looks the part. But, yeah, Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata, I think they're going to get the better of Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, and I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles are going to roll fly Eagles fly, man. It's week one. Got to go in, going to go. The only question oh. is, do I go with the Reggie white Jersey week one? Do I go with the Super Bowl championship shirt week one? Do I go with the Stuart Bradley Jersey week? You one? can't go Super Bowl champs week one. That's pretentious. Get over it. I, look. No, you got to go Reggie white there, but you, you got to go Reggie done, white. Yeah. You got to get the new Calcaterra Jersey. Cause he switches number to 81. 81. He's repping. The new That's T.O. True. If I had my old T.O. jersey, my midnight, it was the black. I had a black oh, Eagles yeah. T.O. jersey. I had jersey. a green one. I had a green T.O. jersey, actually. And then when T.O. left. I have a Donovan McNabb jersey. I changed <laughs> I changed the one to a four with duct tape and put a That's new so name silly. on the back. And it, yeah. it was Hank Basket. Shout out Let's if you remember go. Hank Basket. Wow. Yes. Dude, that's incredible. I love that. I wish I that's wish a, uh, I still had mid my mid 2000s deep cut. Oh yeah. <laughs> just put the tape on and put Calcutta on the back. That would be way more Philly than actually getting a real jersey. So, I don't know. That's true. Nothing like the third string wide receiver from 2005 on the back of your jersey. All right. Um, wow. Jalen Rager. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, I will say <laughs> if Grant Calcaterra comes on the pod, I'm getting a Calcaterra jersey. So it's I guess at this point, which for I'll all the it. listeners out there, we are efforting um to hopefully oh, yeah. have that here in the next couple of weeks. But uh yes. when Grant comes on, I might have to pre-order. Maybe maybe I'll do the jersey shirt. Okay. The the jersey. Yeah. The jerk. I'm uh, sure the jersey. Yeah. I can't wait to to look at it and get that thing. Um it's gonna be fun. Hell yeah. All right. Next up here, we got a few more games in the one o'clock window. It's the revenge game. Joe Flacco going back to Baltimore. Actually, this game's in New Jersey, but he is playing the Ravens for the first time in his career, starting in place of uh, Zach Wilson, who is most likely going to be out for the first four weeks of the season. Robert Sala confirmed. So we got a little bit of Joe Flacco return. Joe Flacco revenge tour here. 
starting off with the Ravens. Return well, of the flack. Return <laughs> of the flack. Well done, Scotty. Uh, right now, the Ravens are a seven-point favorite in New York. I'm not going to lie. For whatever reason, my gut is telling me that the Jets are going to keep this game close for some reason. I Again, no rational thought behind that. No football knowledge, just gut feeling. Uh, I don't think that's where my pick's going to be, but we'll get to that in a second. Scotty, Ravens at Jets, Baltimore seven-point favorite. Who do you got? I agree with you. I think the Jets could keep it close if they had their quarterback at the helm, and that's uh, the high-flying MILF riding uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, um, but, but, uh, <laughs> I, 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 without Scott. him, I don't, I don't think you can keep it that close. You can't uh, say I, that, Scott. Yes, you I, can. I On this podcast, you can, but God, that's funny. I, I don't think you can keep it close, uh, without him in, uh, playing quarterback for the Jets. So it's, it's Lamar Jackson for me, uh, Clive. It's going to be Baltimore by a touchdown plus. I have Baltimore as well. I can't follow that up. I agree with everything you said, including your description of Zach. Did you say Baltimore, Scott? I blacked out when you said that. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. The high flying, milf riding, son of a coog, Zach Wilson. Uh, Woo! Son of a Man. coog. How has that t shirt not been made yet? <laughs> How has someone not done the Ric Flair intro? But- Get on it. High flying. Check, out the, read check out the read option read merchandise store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be me with a Sharpie on a white T-shirt writing it out there and just taping a picture of Zach Wilson's face. That's all I want. <laughs> with the MILF from American Pie, Stifler's mom. Um, all right. I uh, I have Baltimore, too. I'm not going to add anything else. Baltimore is going to win. Uh, I think they're going to win big. I, almost, I think Baltimore is going to almost make the conference championship. They were the third team I was interested in i think baltimore is gonna have a really good year um all right next up we have three more one o'clock games the jacksonville jaguars playing at fedex field the worst stadium in professional sports as they take on the premier game for the washington commanders with their new name washington's a two and a half point favorite i'm going to say it right now jacksonville covers and takes the money line here i expect big things from the Jags, and I expect Carson Wentz to look like doo-doo. Same exact thing. I cannot wait to see Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, Etienne playing. Um, you know, I think it's just going to be a whole different look of a Jacksonville Jaguars team. And uh, I do like Ron Rivera. I like, I like the commanders. I think their defense is going to come back and be better than it was last year, but I still think that down in Jacksonville, they can figure that out and get it done. I love Jacksonville. I love the offense they're bringing to the table, especially with Dougie P at the helm. Uh, but man, this defense is healthy. Uh, Ron Rivera is a hell of a defensive coach. Uh, I'm going to take Washington at home with the uh, with the two and a half. I still rate. I'm still writing down all of like for all of our bets. I'm still doing WFT because the Washington football team will never die. Uh, they will never <laughs> die. I've heard a couple of people call them the Washington C words, which I thought was funny. Um, commandos yeah the washington commandos the washington commies which is also funny oh that's great um yeah but i don't know i'm now here's a question for you boys as we're about to wrap up the 1 p.m i always have three tvs going red zone on the main tv well eagles will be on the main tv red zone will be on one of them because eagles play at one o'clock can you do niners for me i mean come on uh after you didn't pick the eagles to win Plus, I don't want to watch Justin Fields die on a football field. That doesn't sound very fun. Um, <laughs> what game goes on the third TV? 
Ooh, third TV. I'd go New England, Miami. Was that one of the two you said? That is no. That I'll have the Eagles on one. Yeah, the I'll Eagles. Red, on I'll one. have Red Zone on the other, and then the third one will be another one. That's what I was leaning. But the next game we're about to pick, at least to start, is going to be an interesting one. The Baker Bowl. The Cleveland Browns going to Carolina. Vita will be there in person to cover the game for us, flying via private jet, PJ style. Uh, little PJ Fleck going to a little. Wait. Vita, Vita's all PJ Fleck on job. us this week. <laughs> uh, right now, this line is even, dead even. Pick them. The Browns, the Panthers, where are we leaning? I'm telling you what, Panthers are going to win this, and I don't even think it's going to be close. I, I really think this yeah. is going to go off. That kid, dude, I'm so with you. Shoulder. He won a Heisman <laughs> with a chip on his shoulder. Um, I am so with you. Years ago, this team just let him go, and he's gonna go. He's gonna play them. Uh, he's and you heard what he said, right? Defense. You heard what he said. Somebody asked him about playing against the uh, Browns in Week One, and he was like, "I'm gonna fuck him up." Yeah. <laughs> Which, in Baker's defense, was never supposed to be leaked. It was a personal, yeah. off-the-record conversation that this uh, dumb reporter yeah. leaked out on a podcast. And she got in a ton of hot water for it. Um, and I actually know the reporter. She's very good at her job. And I listened to the podcast clip. And it was a simple mistake, but one that you can't make because everyone took it and ran with it. However, I do think that's how Baker's going to feel. I do yeah. think Baker's going to fuck him up. And I do think the Carolina Panthers win this game. And I think Baker, I mean, the statistics, if you go out from for the last like 15 years in the NFL for guys who were first-round draft picks, the numbers already are staggering as to how many of them never pan out, but it's even more staggering how many of them, you know, from the team that drafted them, it's even more staggering how many of them jumped to another team and had any sort of long tenured career. The only example in the last 15 years is Ryan Tannehill. Oh then you, have, you literally have to go back to like Mark Sanchez. Wow. Oh, the Sanchez. Yeah, to get to guys who like at least played for a long time and had X amount of starts for another team. Um, so I, I think Baker is a, a unique case going to a place like Carolina. It took him two schools before he found a home in college, and now he's going to have this chip on his shoulder forever, and it's going to be all brought on display here week one. Plus, Jacoby Brissett was borderline unplayable last year for Miami. Um, mm -hmm. they're going to run the ball a lot, but they're just going to show an eight man box up at the front and there's going to be nowhere for Nick Chubb or Kareem hunt to run. Uh, and I don't love the wide receivers either in Cleveland, especially with Jacoby Brissett throwing to them. So I like the Panthers and we're all on clean sweep there. We're all on the Panthers last one o'clock game, the Indianapolis Colts flying to Houston, Texas to take on the Texans. Indy is a seven point favorite here. There's been some late push here for the Texans, their win total, some stuff. Just some people who are kind of high on the Texans might overachieve a little bit. Uh, I'm still not quite there. I still think that defense is going to be a major problem, though I do like Davis Mills, Damian Pierce, and obviously Brandon Cooks is just a thousand-yard receiver machine. Um, but I'm taking the Colts here. I think the Colts win big, and I think Matt Ryan um, starts off his career in Indy with a big, big win. I agree. I think that Matt Ryan, let me give a quick story is that in my Madden 2012 franchise that went on till the year 2027, Matt Ryan held the all time passing yards record in my uh, Madden franchise game. Well, there and you go. Ever since then, I've like, this guy's going to play till he's 40. And then Brady actually did. And I was like, holy shit, Brady's like Matt Ryan. 
it's that's like possible. what happened in my mind, right? <laughs> and Matt Ryan's younger. But anyway, Matt Ryan, I think, will continue to play ex- extremely well. I think he's a better version of what Carson brought to that offense. They have a run game. They have a good defense. I, I think it's over, and I think it they cover by seven. I actually think they get over 10 points on. on the and, and they have a good they have a good O-line too, Vito. I, I don't know if you mentioned that, but that has been the Achilles heel uh, for the Falcons teams that, that – uh, have not succeeded in Matt Ryan's last few years. Uh, so to have a good offensive line in front of him, I, 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 we've seen what happens when he does. He takes you to the Super Bowl and wins an MVP in that same year. So I'm really excited about this offense uh, for Indianapolis. I, I I think it's going to be more explosive than people think. Uh, Frank Reich was kind of old and stodgy when it came to to play calling like that. So I'm excited to see uh, what they bring. And, and I really, I think they're the division favorite and, uh, and I'm going to hammer this one uh, for Indianapolis as well. And I think that's something that we didn't really talk about much, but in, and again, over the last couple of weeks, doing some more homework and getting ready for the season, something that I thought about with the Colts, cause I'm, I'm also going to take the Colts here. So we're all in Indianapolis. Frank Reich was the architect, one of the architects behind the Eagles offense in 16, 17, 18, uh, an offense that threw the ball a ton, but always had a good running game had talented backs, but also wasn't afraid to push the ball down the field. And they were willing to be aggressive. And clever. Yeah, and look at the quarterbacks who've played for Indianapolis since Frank Reich's been there. It's been Jacoby Brissett, it's been Phil Rivers, and it's been Carson Wentz. He hasn't been able to install a a, a fancy, high-flying, more competitive or more advanced offense because he was limited at the quarterback position with Phil Rivers' arms, Jacoby Brissett not just not being a great quarterback, and then obviously with Carson Wentz and all of his confidence issues and and playing super conservative. And now with Matt Ryan there, I'm getting more – I was bullish on on the Colts before, but I'm getting more and more bullish, and I think we're going to see a completely different-looking offense than what we've seen over the last couple of years from the Colts. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot more, and that's only going to make Jonathan Taylor that much more dangerous in the run game. So we're all on Indy there on the road. Not taking a whole lot of those road dogs here – or road – our home dogs here, which is surprising because there are a ton here in week one, but they're ones that I think are tough bets to make. They're ones that you don't typically feel comfortable – uh, picking uh, next up here. we got a couple good games. we got a few good games here to wrap out the Sunday slate green Bay at Minnesota. Green Bay yes. is only a one and a half point favorite. Essentially we got to pick them on our hands. Green Bay with since Lafleur has been there has not been great in week one. Um, but obviously they got a lot to, to see here with this new offense. And I'm not, I don't think a lot of people know what to expect here. So um and we also already have a Zadarius Smith, uh, uh, you know, rivalry game here since he left Green Bay to go to the Vikings. So uh, right now, Green Bay one and a half point favorite over under set at forty seven. Where are we leaning? First of all, I'm leaning on the over, actually, mm. because it's divisional. I, I don't know why. Actually, you know what? Let me take that off. It's divisional. I, I think it was going to be high scoring. Let me erase that from the memory real quick. And then in black pen come up. Whatever that <laughs> happened, old school style. So, uh, no, I, I, I think that uh, it will be high scoring, but I don't want to bet on the over because it is divisional. I think Green Bay gets this done um, with the defense mostly, but I am so excited to see this Vikings offense. I, I really think I might – I want to pick the Vikings, but something in me just can't. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to take care of business in the division this year. I just see a, a, a theme piling up with old quarterbacks this year. Um, but anyway, uh, look – 
the fact that the Vikings are at home uh, for this home game, if this was at, at, at Lambeau, you can for, forget it. And I wouldn't even touch this game for a Lambo, but the one and a half that the Vikings are getting at home. I love that. The Vikings fans have got to know that green Bay is on their heels for the first time in his career. Aaron Rodgers really doesn't know what he has. And it's still kind of awkward and Hiawaska and all this summer and all of that Minnesota fans have to know that green Bay is vulnerable right now and skull Vikings. Give me the one and a half at home. It's it's Minnesota. Scotty, I'm actually with you on here. Um, I know Green Bay is my Super Bowl pick, and I this doesn't affect Plus, that. I, I yeah. think I think this is going to be. Um, first of all, I, I'm staying away from this game just altogether. I'm not betting Easy. this game yeah. um, unless there, I see something mid game that that looks tasty. The line moves around a little bit. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a field goal game, and I think Minnesota is again one of those trendy teams, similar to Philly, similar to New Orleans, where people are really starting to come around on them. That Packers defense is going to be really, really good. But I think Minnesota's coming out. They're going to have high energy with a new head coach. And I think they're going to try to make a statement early. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they are at home, it's a hard place hard place to play. Uh, and, and the fact that Green Bay with LaFleur and Rodgers haven't been great in week one. We know the stinker that they put up against New Orleans last year was a 28-3 to three or something like that. Um, I'm going to take Minnesota here, but uh, I don't think it's going to necessarily be detrimental for the Packers losing week one. I don't think it's going to derail their season, but I, I like Minnesota. Um, again, stay away. Huge stay away from me. Uh, for sure. New York Giants, football Giants in Tennessee, taking on the Titans. Right now, the Titans are a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the G-Men. Uh, I'll tell you guys right now, I'm rocking hard with Tennessee. I think this is one of my locks of the week. Um, I, I, I know that people are down on Tennessee, which is always when Mike Vrabel does his best coaching. When people doubt them, when people think that they're not going to be good enough, Derrick Henry coming back. Oh, there's these concerns about Derrick Henry. Is he healthy? He's not getting drafted high in fantasy drafts. People think he's on his way out. No, Tennessee's going to come out and make a statement big week one. I think they crush the Giants, and I just have zero faith in that Giants offense whatsoever, especially against a really, really good secondary and arguably the best safety duo in the NFL for the Tennessee Titans. I'm taking the Titans to cover the five and a half. You don't need a secondary duo or safeties when you're defending the best player on that offense. Out of the backfield, number 26 out of Penn State University, Saquon Barkley. Uh, no, look, man, that dude's going to have an explosive year, and, and he, he's going to make Daniel Jones a lot of money. Uh, and, and I think this is a defense that matches up well for Saquon to to have a really good offensive game out of the backfield, both rushing with the improved offensive line in front of him and uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I'm taking the Giants on this one. Good. I hope he does make Daniel Jones a lot of money because that means he's going to stay in New York longer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have uh, Tennessee as well. I think what it comes down to me is that Derrick Henry's back. And with Derrick Henry uh, and Tennessee at home, uh, Frable's a great coach that you highlighted earlier, Jeff. I think that not only do they get it done, they cover the five and a half. I think this could be a blowout. And I love the fact that you've named it a lock because I think it basically is in my, in my mind. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Next up, Kansas City at Arizona. The Chiefs are six-point favorites at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. This is the primetime game on CBS. 
Uh, I'm riding hard with the Chiefs here. I think this is an absolute statement game. Um, two teams, you know, Arizona's had a wild offseason. I think they're, again, one of those teams that most people are down on. But no DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, no more Chase Edmonds. I think they're going to have a hard time moving the football. Uh, and I think Kansas City, with what they did in the draft, uh, and in addition to, you know, I love Juju. I think Juju is going to have a phenomenal year. Um, and, and people forget quickly how good Juju was when he wasn't just forced to play the slot for Ben Roethlisberger. I think Kansas City is going to – it's going to be, again, it's going to be week six. And be like, how the fuck did they get Juju Smith-Schuster? Like, how did we all fall asleep on Juju Smith-Schuster? Um, I love Kansas City here. Kansas City covers the six and wins big in Arizona. I think Kansas City will cover. I think Arizona wins the game. They're super hot at the beginning of wait, the year. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I said that the opposite way again. You think Arizona will cover and Kansas City will win? Yes, that's correct. Yes, <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, like Arizona's hot at, at beginning of years. Uh, that's that's just what they do. They're going to start off 3-0, 4-0. We saw them last year start off 10-0. Uh, of course, we're going to see the the Kyler injury, but um, I think Cliff Kingsbury knows well enough what uh, to do on offense uh, to get them in good position. And he knows enough of what Patrick Holmes can do uh, on offense against him. So uh, I'm going to take the uh, the Cardinals to cover here uh, with the head coach's knowledge. I'm going to take the Cardinals as well, Scotty, and I'm doing it because Tyron Matthews gone. I think that what what Arizona can do on offense and what the Chiefs have on defense. Yeah, they have good defensive linemen, but Kyler can outrun so many people. His little short legs. I, it's so funny watching him run. It's like, I want to say the cutest thing, but you know what I mean? It's like when you see a little kid run. It's so impressive. I don't know what to say, but I, I agree. They're hot in the beginning of the year. Um, and I'm going to take them to cover. I think I might just bet against Arizona every single week. You'll probably I, I, make your money yeah, at the end of the year. It's probably actually a good business. <laughs> I just hate. I just. <laughs> yeah. I just. I'm sorry. I'm just. And the thing is, I don't even dislike Kingsbury. I just. I'm. I could not be further out on Kyler Murray. And you know what? There's going to be plays he makes this year that my jaw will drop. And you know what? There will be plenty of times I pick Arizona this year. I'm sure. But, um, yeah. No, I'm just. I mean, Marquise well, Brown is Mar is Marquise, early. Marquise <laughs> Brown. That's. I mean, it's Marquise Brown and Rondale Moore. Combined, I mean, how, how combined are they They're as fast. tall as like, you know, Joel Embiid? Probably not. <laughs> They're so fast, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe that'll unlock the deep ball for for Kyler. All right. Uh, next up, we have the Vegas Raiders traveling to Los Angeles. Two home games this weekend for the city of Los Angeles. The Chargers are a three point favorite. I love that we have an AFC West matchup in Week One. Um, I feel pretty confident in the Chargers in here, but I'll let you guys go first, and then I'll make my pick after. What's the spread at? Sorry, Chargers are minus three. Over under set at fifty two. Man, can I bet the push? I mean, this is. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go with um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the the Raiders. Oh, make um, the case. I think Max Crosby on the defensive side, and they got Chandler Jones, right? Like they they have some elite pass rushers on the defensive side. I think that will disrupt Herbert a little bit, even though I love the Chargers offensive line. I think they'll get through a little bit. 
Um, I don't know the back half of that defense, but I think on the offensive side, they're going to be able to put up points. They can, the offensive line is a lot of question marks in, in, um, in Vegas, but I, I, you know, and, and I highlighted earlier how I think, you know, the Chargers defensive line is going to cause a lot of opportunity this year for Bosa to win a defensive play of the year award. But I think for some reason, the Raiders just get it done. And, you know, it's a toss up to me. That's why I, I think they might even cover and not win. You know, it's plus three. I'll, I'll take them there. Nope. It's, it's, <laughs> look, divisional matchup. You said it at the top, Jeff. It's a divisional matchup. Anything can happen. We know that. Uh, but when the chips are down, uh, and, and it's the division that the the AFC West is now. Uh, who do, who would you choose to lead you in that scenario? Derek Carr or Justin Herbert? And it's Justin Herbert, twelve out of ten times. Give me give me the uh, give me the Chargers in a pivotal early divisional matchup uh, here in Week One. I would say, though, Scotty, maybe rephrase the 16 of 17 times because Derek Carr in week one is, for whatever reason, a hard guy to fucking beat. They always win a weird game in week one. They had the Monday Night Football win a couple of years ago. They just always find a way. But I'm taking the Chargers, and I think Justin Herbert's going to light it up against the Raiders secondary. Uh, yes, the Raiders have a good defensive line, but the Chargers have a good offensive line. I think they're going to give Herbert plenty of time to operate. I think he's going to hit, you know, Mike Williams while he's still healthy. Keenan Allen's going to be a miss, you know, matchup nightmare like he always is. He's always going to find a way to get open. Uh, Austin Eckler out of the backfield. There's just going to be problems. Uh, and then on the other side, it sucks. JC Jackson listed as questionable, probably not going to play in week one, which will help the Raiders, but. I like the Chargers to win. Uh, I think it'll be a close game, though. I think it's going to be a shootout. This is another one. The over is at 52. I love the over here. I'm not going to – it's not – obviously, I already spent my 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 prop bet of the week here. But um, I I love the Chargers uh, over – Chargers Raiders over, and I like the Chargers to win uh, and cover the three. All right, we got two more games left. Sunday night football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road – in big D against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, weird game to try to figure out. I don't love the fact that Tampa Bay is a two and a half point favorite. My guess is the money's been pushing it that way. Uh, especially as more and more people are, are fading the Cowboys and, and getting onto the Eagles bandwagon. Um, I think that line should be just about even. Um, but I'll say this, if all this off the field stuff with Brady is true, it would be the most Brady thing of all time to come in week one and put on an absolute clinic and shut everybody up and go, how the hell did we ever doubt this guy? Against, against the top uh, NFC team against, <laughs> as yeah, well. Exactly. So Yeah, no, that, that would be the most Brady. <laughs> and I, because of that, right now I'm leading Tampa Bay um, undecided. So if either of you think you can sway me, I'm open. I'm open all ears. What was that line again? I'm sorry. Tampa Bay minus two and a half on the road. Yeah, I, I think, listen, it's going to be a quarterback battle. <clears throat> I think we all agree Dallas's defense is going to step back. But the interesting part of this is Micah Parsons up the middle, right up in, in Brady's face. Great point. Um, Great. I, I think Brady's going to have the ball out already, man. Well, I'm just saying I think that he it's going to be disruptive. I think they're going to be able to get to him a little bit. But – 
It's Tom Brady. I, I don't know. I mean, Dak has had an amazing early seasons as well, right? He's lit it up uh, with that offense before, but it's a little new offense. I think Amari Cooper did do a lot more than maybe he was giving credit for there. And uh, I'll take Tampa late covering this one. Two and a half. Game. I'm glad this is the Sunday night game. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Two and a half is not enough. I bet this had a touchdown favorite for Tampa Bay. Like, I, I don't think that uh, apart from Michael Parsons, which I agree with you, Vito, I think he can get into the backfield and be disruptive. But I think more times than not, and especially in clutch situations, on, on third downs or, or, or red zone situations, what have you, I think the only person that could overcome that or one of the very few people in the NFL was Tom Brady. So, I mean, look, prove it until you can't, as I've always said on this podcast. So, um, it, it's, it's Brady and the bucks for me. And I, and again, if you can get this even lower uh, than the two and a half, I would, I would go after it as, as low as a touchdown. I see the game exactly the same way Vito does. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. I think it's going to be very similar to Tampa Bay week one last year when they end up winning it late. I think it's going to be very, very similar to the uh, New England-Dallas game early on in the season last year, which came down to a final play touchdown on Sunday night. Uh, I think this is going to be a really, really entertaining game. I don't necessarily think it's indicative of how either team's season is going to go. I think it's just going to be week one, and I think it's going to come down to the last drive. And when it comes down to the last drive, if the ball's in Dak's, Dak Prescott's hand, I'm going to go against the Cowboys. And if the ball's in Tom Brady's hand, I'm going to go for Tom Brady. And in both of those cases, Tampa Bay ends up on top. So I'm taking Tampa Bay to win close late and cover the two and a half. But if it's a, you know, Tampa Bay wins, but it's a one or two point game, that also wouldn't surprise me. So there is some sort of value in that line to go with Dallas. But overall, I think Tampa Bay is a better football team, uh, even with, all of the shit going on. And I think Tom Brady's going to block all that out, step out into the football field and do what Tom Brady does, which is win football games. Uh, and I like Tampa Bay to win and cover on Sunday night, which brings us to Monday night football week one. And we already have the first major piece to move in the off season, going back to their home. Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos in Seattle. Denver's a six and a half point favorite. There's a weird world where everyone's on Denver. There's no way Russell Wilson's going to lose his first game back in Seattle. And then all you, you know, you look up on Monday night, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call and it's like 14 to three and Seattle's up somehow. I don't think that's going to happen, but I can absolutely see it. That being said, I do like Denver. I do like Russell Wilson. I do think they're going to be beating one of the two or three worst teams in football this year. But in that stadium with everything else, I don't know. Do, 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 do the Seattle fans applaud Russell Wilson? They have to when he yeah. comes out. I feel like they gonna, have to. But the, yeah. the second that game starts, I feel like the energy is going to flip fast. Similar to when Brady came back to New England last year and it just flipped on a dime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Seattle fans don't know what's in front of them because they're terrible. Uh, but listen, uh, I love them, but uh, look, when Russell Wilson comes back, you have to appreciate the greatness and uh, and the fact that he left your franchise, which your general manager and owners decided is not good enough for, uh, for the rest of the NFC West, so we're going to tank and trade away Russell Wilson. So... Uh, Enough of you, Seahawks fans. Uh, you you deserve to see a good game and cheer on uh, the greatest thing that ever happened to your franchise. 
Uh, it's it's Denver for me though because he's going to destroy you in your in your own home. I love it. I I have, I have Denver as well. I think uh, the weapons will be there. Defense will do enough. I'm really excited to see Justin Simmons has just become a steady safety back there and has really held down the back of our defense. Um, obviously Patrick Sertan second, uh, PS2 action. I, I love him. Um, I really think that Denver will pull this together. I'm excited to see Russell. And I think that he's going to have some of those teardrop bomb balls down the sideline to Cortland Sutton. And it's going to be a beautiful game that we're going to run it up a little bit on. Let's ride. Weird <laughs> shit happens on the first Monday night game of every single year. Shit that you can't explain. Weird shit happens on Monday night in general. I'm not as high on Denver as other people. I think Denver wins Denver's the game. Denver's high on Denver. I think Denver <laughs> wins the game, but I think Seattle keeps it close and Russell Wilson breaks the heart of his former fan base and his former team. Last-minute drive, field goal win, Monday night football, electric start, and the electric cap to the end of week one in the 2022 NFL season. So I'm taking the Seahawks to cover the six and a half. One, one thing you noticed there, Jeff, was about um, – so, yeah, Joe Buck and Trey Aikman are Monday night. Mm-hmm. So tonight, I was just thinking this. This is Kirk Herbstreet, now Michaels, right? No, this no, is – No, this it's is the NBC. The yeah, it's Tariko and Collinsworth. Yep. Okay. It's be Tariko and Collinsworth doing the, the play-by-play. Uh, the, first sun, the first Thursday night game of the year is always the NBC Cruise. So next Thursday or Thank a week from a week from today yeah. will be the first Al Michaels Kirk Curb Street booth. So make sure reminder to everybody, make sure you have your Amazon Prime login in order. I have to do yep. that myself because uh I have to make sure I can watch this freaking game. All right. I, I got you if you need. Let's quickly run through college football and wrap up the pod. I don't want to take another break. So everybody lock in. We got four games in college football this week. It's so easy to get caught up in week one in the NFL. But it's, you know, we can't forget that there's also some phenomenal college football games this week as well. Uh, Starting off, first game, Alabama heading to Austin, Texas. Nick Saban going up against, for the first time, Steve Sarkeesian. I believe this is the first time they've gone head-to-head as head coaches. Um, And this will be yet another, this will be another uh, former Saban assistant That'll be going up and more than likely catching an L like most former Saban assistants have done. Literally everyone up until last year when Jimbo and Kirby both got the better of Coach Saban. Bama's a 20-point favorite in Austin. Is there a world where the Texas Longhorns cover the spread here? There is, but um, it's not a likely one. I mean, I'm taking Bama, but I think Texas with just the home game, the environment, the new coach – to keep a game close, yeah, you can do it. But I think Bama just – they have different level dudes, man. These – like Bama and Georgia and Ohio State, like you know the teams that are separated. They're separated themselves. They're in that top tier. I'm not going to bet against them until they break my you know, my bank too many times. I know. I usually say that too, uh, except you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not wrong. It's it's an opinion. I get it. But uh, it's it's not the right one because Texas is coming through in this game. Uh, look, Sarkeesian is due, uh, after, after all, all of that, uh, his entire journey, which, which ended with Alabama as the OC before he was vaulted into his head coaching job in Texas. Uh, Sarkeesian's due, uh, Quinn Ewers is going off and, uh, 
the tide are still rebuilding. Give me the horns. Hook them. Freshman quarterback, unbelievably talented at Texas and Quinn Ewers. Good wide receivers, uh, but no defense. And an offensive line that is full of four- and five-star recruits who have one career start under their belt. Uh, and they're going up against the best player in college football and Will Anderson. And uh, again, I think Quinn Ewers is good. I think this is going to be a great learning experience for that Texas team that I do believe will be close to quote unquote back within the next year or so. But uh, Bama is going to steamroll this team. I mean, they're going to be so ridiculously good. They're running back the kid from Georgia tech that they brought in. I think he's going to have a field that I think this is going to be his welcome party. And then when he's not running the ball, you still have Bryce young who, was running around a little bit last week, and we didn't see a lot of. Now, I forget who they played. It was some small, no-name school. But Bryce Young, using his legs, which he never Utah did last State. year. Utah, sorry, it wasn't a no-name school. It was Utah State. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Bryce Young running around last week with, you know, which is something he never did last year, is scary because the dude is incredibly athletic, but he's just so good in the pocket and so poised and getting the ball out. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm taking Bama. Roll Tide. They're going to crush. Uh, next up here. Number 24, Tennessee, traveling to Heinz Field and the Pitt Panthers, uh, 17, number 17 Pitt Panthers against the number 24-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Right now, Pitt is a six-point underdog at home against Tennessee, um, which is probably about where I would have handicapped this as well. Uh, I probably would have been – maybe a little bit lower just because it is home for, for Pitt. But I'll tell you what, man, this Tennessee offense is no joke. Hendon Hooker can freaking sling the rock. They have some good skill guys, and Josh Heupel's offense is really, really explosive. Um, I like Tennessee right now, but I'm, I'm all ears if you guys have a take or if you guys feel strongly one way or the other that might be able to sway me. I have Pitt, and, you know, I, I – I just have it because of that spread. I think they'll keep it close enough. Tennessee has some dogs on their side for sure, but I, I love Pitt lost some things, obviously kind of pick it. Um, but I really, I watched their last week game. I thought they showed enough to me that like, they're not going to sit down and take, I, I think they'll keep it close against Tennessee. I actually really like this team. They're, they're a lot deeper than I thought on the defensive side. They got some length in the secondary. I'm going to go ahead and take Pitt. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the with the Vols because uh, I hate Pitt and Tennessee has one of my favorite uh, fight songs, uh, Rocky Top. <laughs> Sing it for us, Scotty. Let's hear it. Oh uh, no, you don't want to hear that. I, I don't want to wish that on any of the listeners. Plus, uh, uh, I'll take I'll take Tennessee on the on the spread, and uh, I'll do a, I'll do a little uh, a prop bet here. The, uh, well, not prop. I'm gonna take the over too on points. Tennessee is 11 and three uh, since last season, the beginning of last season uh, on the over. So I'm going to take that with Hendon Hooker at the home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give it to me. Well, why don't Go we balls. do this too? You get one prop bet or additional bet in NFL and one in college each week. So I'm also going to take Tennessee in the over. Cause I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, now what's, what's interesting too. And a big reason why I'm going to go with Tennessee here, especially in college football, the big win hangover is way more drastic than it is in the NFL. I mean, I guarantee you since that game Friday night, you know, they had all day Saturday and Sunday 
right? For, for those kids at Pitt to party and celebrate the win in the backyard brawl against or sorry, that they was Thursday night. Sorry. So that was Thursday night. They win party Friday night party, Saturday night party, and then they're back to work. Yeah. Um, Tennessee is going to be, we expert. call it. That's what we call an honest week's work in my business. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> um, but again, that's why that's part of the reason why I'm leaning Tennessee, the hangover after a big win is, is much more impactful in college football. So I'm going to take Tennessee and the over as well. Uh, number nine, Baylor going to BYU incredibly hard place to play. And it's reflected in the line because the BYU Cougars are three point favorites at home hosting number nine Baylor. Uh, I I'll just say right now, I love Baylor. Baylor's one of my favorite teams in college football this year. I love Dave Aranda. I think Dave Aranda is going to have those boys ready. I'm taking Baylor to not only cover the spread, but to win outright. This is going to be a, a huge win and it's going to jump Baylor up into that top seven range. Uh, by next week's rankings. I want Baylor as well. I, I it's, it's a short line and I know, you know, there's an expectation that it'll be close, but I, I just think that he'll have everyone ready. Not only that, like the, the whole, that team's not going to, I don't think lose this early to an opponent like BYU. That's just the way I feel. Yeah. No, they won't. And uh, the Storm and Norm, uh, Storm and Mormons from Provo, Utah, are going down. This is Cougars not an appropriate, most appropriate name for a school for Zach Wilson to have gone to. By it the is. way, uh, but guess what? Uh, Baylor, kid. Baylor the Bears. I'm rooting for them hard. My my uh, neighbors are are Baylor alums, so shout out to them. Uh, Baylor's also ten and three against the spread in their last thirteen games versus ranked opponents. Kenny Boy is apparently making that his third team, the Baylor Bears, uh, along with Clemson and Penn State. So this one's for you, Kenny Baylor. <laughs> Shout out! Um, yeah, I, I mean, I tell you, what, I love the I love the quarterback of Baylor. Uh, kid's just a ball player, man. Just gunslinger type, you know. With as a baseball player, has weird delivery, but just great athlete. Really, really fun to watch. Obviously, BYU always has a good offensive line. They're a good football team. Um, but I think this is going to be a this is a huge win for Baylor early on against the top 25 team if they can pull it off. And I like Baylor to do so. Uh, and that will bring us to our last college football pick. Probably the earliest these two teams have played in a, in a great rivalry, uh, at least in the last couple of years. University of Kentucky, UK, traveling to the swamp to take on Florida, coming off of a huge win. Over Utah last week and Anthony Richardson, Florida is a six-point favorite at home. Will Levis and company, you guys know him well, going in to the swamp in Gainesville to try to steal a win from the Gators. How are we feeling right now? Kentucky, Florida. Gators all the way. I think that this, this is going to be not a blowout, but listen, Will Levis has gotten better. He just – there's a different – kind of man on the other side dude i mean florida has a bright future this season i'm riding it high until they give me a reason to hop off i'm going on their side all anthony richardson is epic i love that he's amazing yeah he is but you know who's even more a former penn state quarterback and will (laughs) Levis, and that's why i'm taking the wildcats baby scotty i'm with you i'm taking kentucky for the same reason that i took tennessee over pitt coming off of a big win, especially in Gainesville of all places. First year head coach at Florida. Billy Napier is a hard ass. He's a great coach. He's a classic ball coach, classic football guy, but reeling in a bunch of 18, 19 to 20, 21 year old kids after a huge win like that, 
when you were unranked and you just beat the number seven team in the country in Utah last week. Uh, that's a hard, hard ask. Plus, I still think Florida can win the game. I think Kentucky's going to keep it close, and uh, I like the Wildcats. Go Big Blue. You're going to keep this one close, and I think they have a good chance of winning this game too. Uh, it's going to be tough on the road, so I wouldn't be surprised, but I'll tell you what, if Vito, if you're right, Florida gets jumped up not only in the top 25, probably likely in the top 15. Uh, oh, wait, they're actually number 12 right now, so shit. Yeah. Whew. Maybe the top 10. top 10. This would be a huge win for them, um, and it would be a really, really impressive showing from the Florida Gators, but we'll see. Still have some questions about that offensive line going up against a great defense and Mark Stoops um, and, and what he does, you know, leading that team in Lexington. So uh, with all that being said, enjoy the game tonight, everybody. Yes. Vito's got one more thing here. I, I told my boy George, so I've been talking to Cleveland fans and I forgot to bring this up in the Brown segment game, but mm-hmm. my boy George has promised a classic Browns fan that Baker will have four turnovers, four picks in that game in Carolina. And I said, if he does, we're going to have him on to, to give, to give me shit on air. So, and if we'll he doesn't, then he has, still has to come on. There we go. I uh, love it. No, he, he was, I was talking to him and he's like, I guarantee it. And if, and if it Bring happens, Baker. can I get on the pod for that segment covering the Browns? Just that couple minutes. And I was like, absolutely. So George um, four picks. That's a four turnovers. Pick. He said four turnovers. He said four picks. We'll give him four was, turnovers if it happens. No, he's if he said four picks, then we're going four picks. Four picks. Yeah. So he's gonna throw four picks. He said absolutely not. He's gonna torture defense, but whatever. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, George, if you're listening, A, thank you for being a friend of the pod. But B, I wrote it down. It's in my notes. The George prop bet, Baker Mayfield, four picks. It's in my notes. So be ready on Monday to come on and face the wrath of the read option crew. Scotty, one last thought before we wrap up the pod. And yeah, just uh, uh, wanted to note, I know we don't ever talk about this on this podcast, but shout out to WNBA legend Sue Bird for Mm. uh, her unbelievable career. Um, Yeah, just unbelievable. And my aces knocked her out of the playoffs in game five. Uh, Dick. But uh, but, hey, uh, just unmatched uh, in terms of, in terms of accomplishments, five gold medals, four WNBA titles, two national titles at UConn, just an unbelievable career uh, in basketball. And then what she did for, uh, for I mean, she's, know, she's women's empowerment women's... and LGBTQ plus rights yeah. off the court too. So yeah, I mean, she's, uh, she's been in, she's been a, a figure in women's athletics for almost 30 years, you know, yeah. since, since the late nineties and early two thousands at UConn. It's a, it's a great point, Scotty. Um, and I'm glad that you brought it up. Uh, also, shout out to the monarchy. Um, yeah. RIP to the queen. That was sad. Um, that was sad, man. 96 years old. All, it's all-time she, legend. All-time. Yeah, she's not that long. I'm not living for over that 60 long. years, right? Is that crazy? 70. Like, she, over 70. Jesus, that's incredible, right? Like that's, First president she ever met as queen was Dwight, uh, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. President Eisenhower. Think about that. That's that's, that's fucking crazy. Um. Yeah, I mean, all-time badass girl, man. All-time badass yeah. girl right there. So, uh, Also, Penn State by a million. We do have a bunch of <laughs> listeners in the UK. So, um, you know, I, I honestly, in America, we don't have anything like that, you know? So, no. it's, I mean, just, you can think about, like, former presidents dying. But for the most part, like, there's nothing even remotely close to compare it to. So, um, 
celebrate her as you know you see fit and just know that us across the pond are thinking about you guys so um and the world's thinking about you guys as well so uh with that being said everyone have a phenomenal weekend enjoy the game tonight boys i have to go play and state by a million <laughs> i have to go play softball i'm i'm dvring games this year because i have to wake up so early on sun on mondays so i can't stay Ooh, up for yeah. the sunday night games oh we won't text you <laughs> no you can because i'm gonna be listening to podcasts and stuff in the morning so i'll just have to go back and rewatch the games to make sure i might mean, do that anyway but just to make sure i can fully feel comfortable talking about it on the pod but everyone enjoy it eat all the food drink all the beers bet all the bets and let's enjoy it football is back we'll talk to you guys on on tuesday have a wonderful weekend take it easy everybody